So last week we talked about the refreshing, how in Isaiah, you can put that up, Isaiah 28, 11 through 12. It says, for with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to his people to whom he said, this is the rest wherewith he may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing, yet they would not hear. Last week, we talked about how this is a promise in Isaiah where God said through stammering lips and this strange language, I use foolish things to confound PhDs. He said, I will use this. And one of the things that it will do, it will bring refreshment to my people and it will build them up. So we talked about the necessity of, I was talking to somebody today, and I was like, man, it's going to take me two hours to get to the church. I said, relax, pray in tongues all the way there, and when you get here, it'll feel like you just got up this morning, okay? If you were, I, used to do, I used to do this when I would go out of town. I, would, I did these trips from Atlanta to Detroit. When I was in Detroit, I used to do these trips from Detroit to New York, and I would pray in tongues all the way there, pray in tongues all the way back. I used to do these turnaround trips. When I, that was back in my day when I was doing the little, you know, uh, hustles. You know, I was selling these purses from New York. And so I would get up early in the morning and drive. And then I would, uh, I would no, I would drive through the night. I'm sorry. I'd leave at like 10, 11 o'clock at night, drive all through the night, get to New York. And then I would shop for about three, four, five hours and then jump back in the car and drive all the way back home. How many of you know that's a recipe for being on the news? because you fell asleep at the wheel. Well, I generally didn't because I was praying in tongues so much. I was built up so much that when I got back home, I couldn't sleep because my spirit, man, was too strong. It had refreshed my body to such a degree that it had folded over into the natural realm. And when I got home, it's time to go to sleep. I couldn't sleep because it was almost like I had been sleeping. Okay. And so <laughs> the look on your face tonight. Okay. So that's the thing to do. Okay. Particularly when you get off work. And you're on your way to church, and you've been dealing with the heathens and the devil and yourself and just the frustrating things that you had to deal with, especially if you're on the phone with people all day solving problems. I don't know how you do it. I would have hung up on them on the second time. People can be rude. When you're in customer service today, uh, customer service is different today than it used to be. People will be polite. They come to the counter with an attitude, just slam. You answer the phone, uh, such, 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 may I help you? They cussing already before you can even finish the sentence. Okay. Well, dealing with all of that crap throughout the day, okay, you got to build yourself up, build yourself up. And, and the thing that I want you to understand about the dual nature is this. We understand that when it comes to water, water is important for the inside of your body and water is important for the outside of your body. Without it, you are going to be messed up severely. Many of the chronic diseases that people deal with is, has been uh, attributed to the fact that we, we live in a constant state of dehydration, and you don't know it. Most people don't know. You ever seen people that when they get older, they get shorter? You ever notice that? You're like, why do they get shorter? It's because in your spine, there are these little, I guess, yeah, discs, and they're supposed to stay hydrated. And because you live in a constant state of dehydration, they get more and more dry, more and more dry, more and more dry. And then guess what they do when they get dry enough? They collapse. And so it makes you get shorter or start stooping over. That's where that comes from. Somebody better go out there and get a five-gallon of jug tonight. Okay, I cannot tell you the importance of drinking water. They say eight eight eight-ounce glasses. Okay, whatever you want to do, that should be the minimum for most people. You should be drinking a min. You know what? Do you know the bare minimum for you to get by on to stay hydrated in a day without working out is about 60 to 70 ounces of water. 
when, when 75% of your body is made up of water, okay? Now, you're not getting it on the inside, and I want you to imagine now if you're not getting it on the inside and you're not washing yourself. Okay, well, we understand that physically, but this is how this looks to, to heaven when you're not doing it spiritually. Because praying in tongues is a form of refreshment. What water does for you is what praying in tongues for you. That's just one of the things. It is a refreshing. It is a constant refreshing. First Corinthians 14, two. OK, it says, for if you have the ability to speak in tongues, you will be talking only to God. Since people won't be able to understand you, you'll be speaking by the power of the spirit, but it will all be mysterious. And I will hit with that one next week because we're going to the deeper stuff next week. First Corinthians 14, four, it says a person who speaks in tongue is strengthened personally. But one who speaks a word of prophecy strengthens the entire church. OK, now the part that I want to add here is about the strength part and the building up part, because the Bible says that we are God's building. Okay. As a matter of fact, let's just go ahead and read this last one. First Kings 19, five through eight. The prophet lay down and slept under the broom tree. But as he was sleeping, an angel touched him and told him, get up and eat. He looked around and there beside his head was some bread baked on hot stones and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. Then the angel of the Lord came again and touched him and said, get up and eat some more or the journey ahead will be too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank and the food gave him enough strength to travel 40 days and 40 nights to Mount Sinai, the mountain of God. Okay, there are some places that God will never take you if you don't drink enough. And there are some experiences that you will never have if you don't eat enough. Okay. And this comes into play here because this is just a natural example of there was a journey that he was supposed to take in the natural to have an experience with God. He would not have made the journey if he didn't drink enough and he didn't eat enough. And in the body of Christ right now, there are so many places that the Lord wants to take us, but we don't drink enough. We don't eat enough for the journey because when God takes you on a journey, Satan and his henchmen get on your road to try to create storms and detours and wars and flat tires and engine failures and snowstorms and hurricanes. And if you don't got enough gas in the tank to go through all of that, you're going to be stuck on the side of the road waiting for a tow truck. Okay. And, and, you know, I mean, there's so much to understand you all with driving on a car and driving on a long distance about how on that long distance, you know, the things that you experience, you know, on a road, you know, you experience rain. Um, rain zaps a little bit more of your strength, but you can still keep going. Then you have heavy downpours. Some people, the downpour is so hard, they have to pull over to the side of the road. Other ones like me, I usually, I don't think I've ever stopped for a downpour. I just keep on going. I'll slow down. And, and I'll just keep on going. I'll see people on the side of the road. Sometimes you get hit with a snowstorm. Snowstorms can make you very scary because the more the snow sticks to the ground, okay, the more you start getting a little antsy because your car is starting to slip because of what's going on around you. 
Okay, some of the worst ones are windstorms. Windstorms are stuff on the outside of the vehicle that you're trying to keep it straight, but this thing keeps trying to shift you over into the next lane, shift you over into a ditch. You got a countermeasure. So yeah, you ever, especially those big trucks, you know, you only got to drive that thing sideways because the wind is trying to put you into the ditch. Okay, you have all of those things. I mean, you know, sometimes you have engine failure. Sometimes you have a flat tire. You have all of these things. Some of the worst ones are when your car just simply breaks down and you have to have a tow truck. That's called people coming into your life to help you out of your situation because you can't get out yourself. See, so all, everything can be understood this way. But how many of you know the first and most important thing on a trip is what? How much gas you have. Okay? Now, if you don't have enough gas, you're going to have to stop again. And so, so what happens is, is that we're trying to take long trips to prosperity Long trips to marriage, long trips to destiny, long trips to ministry, long trips to business advancement and wonders and technology. And Lord, make me a superstar and a rock star and all of those different type of things. And the Lord's like, nope, you haven't drank enough. Because the journey, if I put you on this road, it's a little bit longer than what you think. Because you think you're going to become a rock star. I'm just using that loosely. You think you're going to become a rock star in, 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 in six months, but it's actually going to take six years. You think that you're ready to pastor now, Ofa, in 1998, but you won't be ready until 2000 when we open up the church. 11. I thought I was ready in 1998, but the Lord needed me to drink more. I thought I was ready in 1998, but he needed me to eat more because the journey was going to be. Because when you start, ah, the journey will be so long, you would have needed to eat for all of those years and drink for all of those years in order to make it to the end of the journey when you started. The longer the journey, the more you got to eat. The longer the journey, the more you got to drink. Okay? So that's just the elemental thing of praying in tongues. Builds yourself up with water reserves, with power, so that you can actually withstand and take the journeys that God has for you. Because, y'all, at the beginning of every adventure for a promised land, there is always a wilderness you have to go through. And when in a wilderness, is not much food and water. So before you are headed to the promised land, you got to walk through a wilderness. And in order for you to make it through the wilderness, you got to make sure that you are built up with enough water and oxygen and air and food and all that type of stuff. Otherwise, you're going to faint in the middle of this. And uh, when you faint in the middle of the wilderness, we might not find you. Let me, I'm just letting you know that I didn't meditate any of this, so I have no idea where this stuff is coming from, by the way. <laughs> well, I know where it's coming from, okay? So you better get to drinking. I ain't talking about no ripple either from Sanford and Son. You know, you have to ask yourself. Uh, you know, I actually wrote this down, and it just came out of nowhere because I was thinking about what people constantly say. Um, well, let's read Jude one twenty first. But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, Praying in the Holy Spirit or praying in the Holy Ghost. He said to build yourself up on your most holy faith by praying in the Holy Ghost. That's interesting. Hey? And so I was sitting there and I just literally wrote it down as I came. And I was, th when I was thinking about how, you know, how, you know, these scriptures here about refreshing yourself and how when you spend time praying in tongues, you're building yourself up. You're refreshing yourself on the inside and building yourself up for certain things. See, this is the reason why so many times, sometimes people get so agitated over every little small thing. 
um, because they haven't been built up enough. And I, do y'all know, as I was writing this down, I was thinking about what people say all the time. Well, I'm busy. I don't have enough time to pray. Okay. Sometimes we haven't said it with our mouth, but we said it with our actions. Let me tell you what the Holy Spirit had me write down. When people say, I am too busy to pray every day, this is what they're, when you say that out of your mouth, this is what heaven hears. I'd rather stay at the shallow end of the pond where the rocks are, not the deep part where the diamonds and jewels are. I don't have enough time to pray. This is what heaven hears. I would rather move in my own strength and not God's strength. I don't have enough time to pray. I'd rather stay at the base of the mountain rather than climb the mountain to see my future. I don't have enough time to pray. I would rather walk the thousand miles than fly. Because when you tell God I don't have enough time to pray, you're telling him I don't have time to waste. I'm going to just keep looking down right now in case somebody thinks I don't have time to pray. I would rather stay flabby in the spirit instead of muscular. I don't have time to pray. If I sacrifice and spend time with you first, I will lose. But if I put you last and get to you when I have time, I will win. We need to have a come to Jesus moment right there, don't we? I dare say all of us. <laughs> okay. See, so it's, it's a game that the enemy plays in your mind to convince you to stay busy with stuff that's actually going to pass away. To get you to, to convince you that, hey, I got all of this work to do, man. I got these plans. I have these goals. I have all of this type of stuff. And so I really don't have time to pray to the individual that saved me from hellfire, gave me the Holy Ghost as a down payment. I can't wait to get heaven because, y'all, how many, the Holy Ghost is the one that created this planet. And the Holy Ghost is the one that created you into something that did not exist. And the Bible says that the Holy Ghost was given to you as simply a down payment for the rest of the stuff. How is the Holy Ghost a down payment? It actually says earnest. Y'all know what earnest money is? Hey, y'all, this house, ooh, it costs $200,000 and we were in and want it. Can we hold it? Yeah, give us $5,000 to hold it. The earnest money is always a small amount compared to the big thing. And the Holy Ghost is the small amount. So, yeah, yeah, we, we died for you. And, and apparently this is conviction moment. We died for you and uh, we went to hell for you. And then we changed you and made you a God. You are no longer human. You just have a human body. Um, and then we gave you Jesus name and his authority. Uh, by the way, you haven't seen him yet, but you have a couple of angelic bodyguards. They're on arthritis medication because they don't do much for you because you don't do nothing. But we gave you a couple of angels as bodyguards. Um, and uh, then we gave you the word and uh, the blood of Jesus Christ. And we gave you the Holy Ghost who lives on the inside of you. We gave you the supernatural ability to communicate. And uh, we've actually forgiven you from sins that you didn't even know you committed. But we're that good. And uh, by the way, we have uh, created an eternity for you where you won't even have the ability to think about or remember anything negative that ever happened. But you don't have time for us. And by the way, you don't have time for us. And the degree of time that you spend with us will determine you moving faster, not slower. I'll prove to you next week how praying in tongues is actually a form of time travel. Literally. That's why the enemy tricks you not to do it. Because in your mind, you have a list of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten things that I have to do. 
And if I spend this hour in prayer in the beginning of the day, I am not going to get to those one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten things. So what you do is you skip the important part and go with all of the lesser parts, and then you still don't accomplish your goals. You know why? Because you didn't tithe your time. I told you tithing is not a money principle. It is a kingdom principle. When you tithe your time and give God a portion of your day, it makes the rest of the day blessed and set apart for favor. When you give God the first part of your day, I ain't talking about a psalm on the way onto the car with a biscuit in your mouth. I'm talking about, Lord, I'm spending time with you. I'm going to put this in. We have an early morning prayer call to make it easy, but you should have your personal time, too. Spending this time with you, when you tie that time, particularly in the morning, I know I'm not saying, don't get all religious with it. Some people, they do it later. So, I mean, I used to do that. I used to just go up, get up, and go to work. When I came home, I came in the door, and I used to spend two, three hours with God before I did anything else that evening. Okay, so don't get religious with it, okay? But, but you know, David is the one who said, early up in the morning will I seek you. You know, he also says seven times a day I'll praise you. I said, I need to try that one. I never tried that one before. Seven times. Okay. But the point that I'm making is, is that, is that you give God the beginning part of the day. And all of the time that you're praying, they are giving angels assignments. Okay. Now, that thing that was going to hem them up for two hours, turn it into 15 minutes. That traffic situation that was going to make them show up late. Yeah. Make that other person that was going to cause an accident to make them late stay home. That's the stuff you miss. You have angelic, the scripture calls it help from the sanctuary. There's a reason why the Bible says when you pray in tongues, you are speaking mysteries. And the better word is when you're praying tongues, you are speaking formulas. What's the formula for, um, let me see, what I have to do today is going to take about 10 hours. What's the formula to make it seven hours? Well, you're going to have to pray in tongues, sweetheart. And as you pray in tongues, you'll be speaking out the formulas to go into your future and turn 10 hours into seven hours. <laughs> Just... See, I learned this back in the day, and that's why everybody thought I was so crazy when I was praying in tongues for nine, 10 hours. I'm not saying you got to do that all the time. I'm just saying, you know, some of the people in the congregation, they've been upping it. You know, somebody texts me. It was hard, but I did two hours for the first time, and they were excited. Okay. And that's good. You start practicing these things, but you practice it now, and then you start seeing things in the future change. You start seeing things differently. Okay? Sometimes when you pray for an hour in the morning, I'm talking about focused hour, not looking at your phone. You know what? Uh, Bishop Oedipo said something so good. He said, I don't understand people that pray with the phone in their hand. He said, are you a secretary or something? <laughs> that's what he said. That's how he talks. He said, he said, you, he said, he said you're, you're on the phone. And, and, and then you get a call from a number that you don't even know, and you stop talking to God and say, hello. Uh, yes, this is such a, such a such bill collector. And you're like, I ain't got it, dog. And you go right back to praying. Watch this, but you never do that in an interview. You want this job so bad, and then during the interview, your phone rings. Excuse me, hold on just a second, sir. Uh, hello? Uh, yes, sorry, Mr. Bill Collector. I don't have it. He's going to look at you as a sign of what? Disrespect. But we do that flippantly to God. Okay? Now, what I do is I put my ringer off, and I just leave it off. Sometimes people call me. Sometimes people get upset. I called you. Wonderful. I'm not sitting by the bed, y'all, with my phone. Shonda, please let somebody call me Jesus right now. Oh, thank you. Hello, can I help you? No, I'm not doing that, y'all. I got stuff I got to do. 
Okay, but I used to do that. I used to sit up there. I mean, and, and these are very dangerous. They're very dangerous because your entire life is on this thing. I joke with my kids. Some of y'all that are older, at my age, you remember. Let's. I gotta. I gotta see if I got enough room. It was a phone, and if you had a radio, it was another device. And if it was a GPS, it was another device. If it was a computer. It was another device. If it was a clock, it was another device. It was a fax, another device. If it was a printer, it was another device. Y'all know what I'm saying? If it was a flashlight, it took two great big old D batteries, and that was another device. Y'all, the devices that are on our phone 30 years ago would fill up this whole stage. That's called technology. But the problem is, is that when your whole life is in one device, you won't put the one device down for the one who gave you eternal life. And that's the dangers of it. I mean, I, and I watch people. I watch people. They just, you know what they do? They just turn their phone. You know what they do? They just open up an app and then just close it. <laughs> I, I mean, are you looking for mice or something? Are there cockroaches in your thing? Are you trying to, I mean, just, I mean, I mean, because you're so used to doing it, your body says, hey, you haven't looked at your phone in 20 seconds, so you just do it. I look at people in the airport. I'm sitting next to people, and I'm just looking at like, you're doing nothing, you're doing nothing, you're doing nothing. And they're just flipping up the screen. I see them in the movie theaters. In front of us, I'm looking over. I just, I'm, I'm a people watcher. I think y'all can tell that by now. And I'm just watching. I mean, they just, boom, and they just open it. And, 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 and now the problem is psychologists all agree that it's producing a damage because your mind is meant to rest. Oh, you'd have both said this one. He said, why are you going to phone? Why are you going to bed with your phone in your hand? Who, who are you waiting on? I mean, it's like, uh, just in case I might miss a call, you can wake up 2 o'clock in the morning and go to the bathroom. How do you know? Let me check. Just say, who is calling you at 2 o'clock in the morning? What did you miss that can't be found out at 7 o'clock in the morning after the early morning prayer call? Who is trying to hunt you down? Who are you trying to hide from where you got to look every single moment? I might have won the lottery. But you didn't even play. What are you looking for? So I'm just trying to teach you that a lot of our problems are coming from the fact that we don't commit to God the way that we commit to carnal stuff. Then you got the whole issue, too, of, you know, you know, let me tell you something. Something the Holy Spirit said to me. He said there are no real answers for people that have not committed themselves 100 percent to the kingdom of God. A lot of Christians in their frustration is because they have commit. They kind of like in. They're not fully in. They're not really interested in living for God, even if it means they never have another friend in life. They're not really interested in living for God if it means that I can't get married or I couldn't have a child or I don't get a promotion or I don't get a new car. I'm not really interested in living for God if it means I got to set some of the darkness down. Let me have a little bit of the darkness. Let me do a little bit of my own thing to serve you. And what God is, you all in when it comes to the blessings. Now, that word worth you, but with God, it's like you're either all in or you're not. All right, let's read this last one and then go. Exodus 13, 17 through 18. When Pharaoh finally let the people go. <laughs> when Pharaoh finally let the people go, God did not leave them along the main road that runs through Philistine territory, even though that was the shortest route to the promised land. Why? Because God said if the people are faced with a battle, 
they might change their minds and return to their worldly ways. So God led them a roundabout way through the wilderness to the Red Sea. Thus the Israelites left Egypt like an army ready for battle. And that's where I close. All of this is tied, you all, to praying in other tongues. God wants to take you the short route, but he can't. He has to take you the long route. You know why? You're simply not ready. He knows that prosperity always comes at a cost. Promotion always comes with a battle. The promised land always comes by walking through a wilderness. And if you're not ready for that, you'll be mad at God, never realizing that he's actually saving your behind. Lord, you haven't done it yet. Yeah, because do you want us to kill you? We can see. See, with God, I sit up high and you are down low. So you can only see the car in front of you. I can see the traffic accident is getting ready to happen 30 miles down the freeway. So I'm looking at your future. And if we let you go down this road, you're going to kill yourself and you're going to leave Jesus. Okay. so the only way for you to prepare for this is to do what the scripture says now. The basics of it are meditate the word day and night, stay in the word. Well, I don't understand. Find somebody then. You're crazy if you go to a church like this and you don't understand the Bible. We got all type of helps and books and everything else. Hey, and then prayer. I cannot tell you the importance of prayer. And let me say this again about prayer. When you first start praying in tongues, nothing happens. You know why? Because you just started the journey. Every amount of time that you spend in tongues is a journey. You get on a road. And when you start doing it consistently every day, God puts you on a road. Okay. Today you prayed in tongues for 15 minutes. So guess what? You drove in the spirit for 15 minutes. Okay. Tomorrow you pray for a half an hour. So you drove another half an hour. Now, the longer you pray, the quicker you get to destinations. But the shorter you pray, sometimes you never get to a destination. Okay. We can't drive to California by getting up every single day and driving one quarter of a mile. And your kids in the back seat, mama, when are we going to get to Disneyland? It's been thrive five years now. Because <laughs> your stupid daddy believed that he's just supposed to drive a quarter mile every single day. I'm telling you, as comical as this is, this is exactly how comical this looks to the spiritual realm. Okay? We're trying to get y'all to destinations because you must get to the destination in the spirit first. Then the natural shows up. Because everything that you see around you came from the spiritual. So you got to go. I told you about praying in tongues. And this is my frustration. My, one of my greatest frustrations is, is that the more you pray in tongues, the more you pray in tongues, it builds you up. It builds you up. Devon and I were talking about this, um, about how the more you pray in tongues, your sensitivities are different. Your eyesight is different. You people don't see what you see. They don't hear what you hear. They don't even think on your level because the praying in tongues has built you up so much. Your mind is now bigger than theirs. And it houses things that wouldn't fit on the inside of their mind because I'm better. No, I stretched myself more. And so now I'm back here. I'm deep in this realm, deep in and high up so I can see stuff and experience stuff that you don't even think exist. And that's where I close. I'll never forget that. When I was trying dumb American minister over at Young Cho's church trying to never mind. Pride is a terrible thing. It make you think you know something and you don't know a thing. Y'all know what I'm saying? 
man, you be a man, I'm, I'm you know, man, you, <laughs> you see a guy, man, the reason why the rocket blew up because, no, dude, you ain't even never been on a bus. What are you talking about? You know how to drive a rocket ship now? People are always experts about stuff that they never even put their hands on. Everybody knows how to run a church better. Everybody knows how to run a business better. Everybody knows how to run the White House better. Everybody knows how to invest better. Everybody knows what LeBron should be doing differently. The dude is a beast. What are you talking about? Well, you know, he need to do. They fired you from your coaches when your little league team but you, an expert on, where was I going with all of this, y'all? Oh, yeah. So it's, it's, it's the Christian experience after you give your life to Christ is, remember what it said, seek the Lord and what makes him strong. I ain't trying to prove this tonight. Jesus absolutely prayed in tongues. Absolutely. That's why it's the only thing the disciples ask him to teach him how to do. They never ask him to show him how to do a miracle. Never how to raise anybody from the dead. They never asked him. They didn't say, now, why couldn't we cast this, this demon out? But they never asked him to show them how to cast out demons. The only thing they asked Jesus is, teach us how to pray. Because it's the only thing he didn't do in front of them. I'll get to that next week. Okay? And so, because in order to handle this darkness, you're going to have to be deep. Okay? God all called us to be built up into what the scripture says, the image and stature of the Lord Jesus Christ. You are called to be built up in him, rooted in him, and operate like him with the same power that he operated in in this planet. Everybody. But remember, it's a tunnel. I will never forget this as long as I live, because every time I bring it up, it's like it happened yesterday. And you've heard me share the story about the longer you pray in tongues, the deeper into the tunnel you go. And the tunnel is so deep, it goes on forever. Okay. particularly consistent things. When you get over into certain amount of hours per week, you know, when you get over into, you know what, I'm going to commit to Lord an hour a day. And then you bump it up, Lord, I'm going to do an hour and a half a day. Lord, I'm going to do two hours. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do an hour in the morning. And then as soon as I walk home through the door, I'm going to stand up and I'm going to do another hour. Okay. Well, the deeper you go in and you go over into very mysterious things, when you start getting over into four and five and six and seven, eight hours, things get real dark. Nothing happens. That is psychological warfare to pray those amount of hours. That's why a lot of people, they, I shouldn't say a lot of people don't do it. A lot of people don't do it because they haven't been taught how to do it. But it's you're deep in and you're, 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 you're in places that people, you're in regions in the spirit that most people don't even visit. But, as, but the deeper you go in, the more technologies and the more things you experience is, the more, and the more things that are dropped on the inside of you. You know, see there, I mean, I hate to, I, I don't know how to explain it. It's, it's like, it's like being in a realm, and the more you, the deeper you go in, the more valuable the treasures are. There are things for you to find out. There are things for you to fight and destroy. There are things to be given to you, and you only get it at certain checkpoints. So if you, if you stop at two hours, it's always left up to us. Never feel condemnation for what you don't do. Be doing something, though. But if you stop at two hours and that's your limit, then things will be given to you in that realm based on going in down the journey and down the road and down the cave for two hours. Somebody that goes in for eight hours where stuff is going to be dropped on the inside of them based on the price that they paid to walk eight hours into a dark cave. Because when you go into the cave, it's dark. Y'all follow me? And and unfortunately, uh, the body of Christ has not been shared with shared. The body of Christ has not been taught this. So as a result of it, People have a deepness on the inside of them, but they've never been taught, well, how do I tap into this? Um, and so as a result of it, and the deeper you go into the tunnel, the more powerful you become. 
It's just, there's, a, and I, I told you. See, uh, some of you may have heard me make a statement, and then I'm going to close for real, I'm sorry. You heard me make a statement, and I, I didn't want to go there because I didn't want people to think this wasn't me being arrogant. I can locate where a minister is spiritually by listening to him preach for the first 30 seconds to a minute. I can locate him, okay? And that's why, I, I mean, there are places that man opened his mouth, and I, I turn on, you know, all of this stuff on Facebook. I can click play, and within 10 seconds, I've turned it off because I can locate you in the spirit, and this is the reason why, is that most ministers and most pastors don't go anywhere in the spirit. They just don't. See, so, so I have been to the point where I was so deep in based on 12 hours a day praying in tongues. So based on 12 hours of day and tongues and the spirit, I have passed a lot of things. Y'all got me? So, so, so I, I'll do it backwards. It makes sure my stuff is right. <laughs> Shouldn't have done that. Okay, so I'm praying, praying, praying. And as I'm praying in the spirit for 12 hours, 10 hours, 12 hours a day, okay, I'm going past things and I'm experiencing things and I'm seeing things. And, and sometimes you don't experience them for two months. But you're, you're going and you're going deep in, deep in, deep in. So guess what? Any minister that has not done that amount of time, I can locate where he's been because I've been past where he is. Then there are men like Bishop Oedipo that have been farther than I have been. That's why I can't locate them. That's why he makes me feel like I'm a sinner because I haven't been as far as he has been. See the difference? It's not arrogance. It's not pride. It's not smart. It's just willing who. Who drove the longest? See, so if I drive from here to California and I hear you talking about something that was in, I don't know, Nevada or whatever. Well, I'm familiar with that. You know why? I already drove past that. Y'all get where I'm going. This is a trip hop park. This is available for anybody because God is not a respecter of persons. So I am where I am today, not because I was called to preach because most preachers don't know what they're talking about. I am where I am today because of that very thing. While other people were partying, while other people were doing whatever they were doing, I would be at home sometimes at the park sneaking in churches because most churches weren't open and wouldn't allow you to pray in the church. So I would sneak in. Think about that. That was the price that I was paying, sneaking in the church to pray. And so all the time I was doing that, there were days and weeks, nothing. God didn't say a thing. You know why? I was on a long journey. And a long journey, how many know? A long journey at nighttime, You struggle emotionally because nothing changes. It's just dark. You don't see no cows. You don't see nothing. You don't see no sun. Nothing. You don't see nothing. You know, I I never forget. I went on a long trip with a friend of mine years ago. We said we would take turns driving and we were driving back at night. I don't know where we went. Oh, it was a New York run to get some purses. (laughs) He went with me. And I was asleep on the way back. And I was awakened to the window, the air coming in the window. And so, and so I wa- this is no exaggeration. I watched him, and I just pretended like I was asleep. And he did not want to tell me that he was sleepy. So what he kept doing was he kept rolling down the windows and rolling them back up. I'm, I'm sitting up here just watching this boy do this. He'd turn the radio on, then he would turn it off, and then he would turn the heat up high, and then he'd turn it off. And he's just messing with buttons. One time he turned the lights off in the car. I'm just like, this fool is crazy. And this is when I told him to pull over is when I was watching him doing this. I said, man, 
pull this car over before you kill us, fool. Why was he doing all of that? Because when you're out there driving at nighttime, it can get so boring and it can get so dry, you just feel like you want to do something carnal. And that many times when I was praying in times like that all of that time, something would hit me, you are a fool and you are wasting time. Go to the Burger King or go to a hamburger joint, go to the movies, go do this, go to this, go to the... I mean, it's just the list goes on. So I'm just encouraging you. The sky is the limit for everybody. I am where I am, not because I'm a preacher, not because I'm smarter, <laughs> not because I'm wiser. Uh, for some reason, I just took the bone that God gave me and decided to experience, experiment with it. And next thing you knew, before I was a preacher, I was out talking preachers. You know why? Because the role wasn't for preachers. It was for sons. And the son went in deeper than the preachers did. And so they started hating me because I was talking stuff that people were moved by, but they didn't know. Well, you didn't know because you didn't take the trip. I went to Disneyland. You stayed at the park. Go ahead and stand. Got to stop preaching two messages. I should have stopped with the first one. Thank you, O Lord God. So, you know, just, you know, I'm doing this as a series. You know, it's two things. It's funny when I teach stuff. The demonology thing got people reaching out to us, and I've had quite a few people calling us about wanting to pray in other tongues. You know, I want to know, can I have this, etc. So, you know, thank God we know how to do it right over the phone because it's so simple. You know, but, but the Lord is having me teach things in such a way so that as we move with speed, we can just point. I don't know about praying in tongues. Go to the website, listen to this series. I don't know about dreams and visions. Go to the website, listen to this. We already got two series up there. Singlehood. Some of y'all here for that. That was one of the most powerful things we preached about the building blocks of society is not marriage, it's singleness. Okay? And, the, and the, the marriage tune-up. So the Lord is having me preach things, especially this eternal thing. Um, even with the membership book that we're reading, uh, that we're writing. The Lord wants me to do the new membership class based on the first thing you need to tell them is they have now entered into a reward system. That's going to change their commitment off the bat. Versus saying, yeah, you're supposed to give, read your Bible and tithe and make sure you come to church. Okay, wonderful. Give something. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So, you know, so just remember, that's, that's one part of praying in other tongues is that you are, it keeps you refreshed. And when, and when you're dehydrated, you start getting headaches. When you're dehydrated, you become sluggish. When you're dehydrated, you don't sleep as well. When you're dehydrated, it's a whole host of problems with being dehydrated. And when you don't take a shower, how many of you know? We don't even need to go there. You stank. That's why some people got such bad attitudes. They don't never refresh themselves. They stank spiritually. Okay? And so, and so, and then on top of that, the Bible says when you're praying in tongues, you are building yourself up. Building yourself up for what? To be able to handle Satan and handle God. Because there are things that God has for you. You have to be at a certain level of weight to be able to handle this or it will crush you. Reverend Dollar said years ago, just with one little thing, the Lord told him, I need you to start lifting weights at the gym just to be able to handle the anointing that I have for you when it comes to the masses of the people. So, you know, I'm just I'm throwing a couple of things in there, but I don't have every answer because the answers are different based on your journey. We're on the same road together, but we're on a different road individually. And this has nothing to do with you, a preacher, doctor, retired, old, young, teenager, kid. It doesn't matter, y'all. It just doesn't matter. It's just a clean slate that God says, if you want an adventure, start practicing. 
and you have experiences. And again, I don't know. <laughs> there'll be times when God won't say anything. And then all of a sudden, my first charismatic pastor, Bishop Keith Butler, he shared a story. He got underneath the kitchen table and he said every day when he got off work, was it the kitchen room table or the dining room table? He would get underneath the dining room table. He said he'd just pray in tongues as long as he could. He'd just do it every day. Okay, probably five days a week, not every day, but he said he'd come home from work, he'd just get underneath that kitchen table, he'd just pray in tongues as long as he could. He just did it day out, day in, day out, day in, day out. He said he did it for months and nothing happened. Okay? Since I'm on that, there's a book called The Walk of the Spirit, The Walk of Power by Dave Roberson. Best book on the things that happen when you spend a long amount of time praying in tongues. I won't give you the punchline because it'll scare you. Blown away what he could walk in. Just a man. Quit his job and work, and instead of working eight hours a day, he prayed eight hours a day. About to keep Butler, he was just praying underneath the dining table. He said, praying in tongues, praying in tongues, praying in tongues. He said one day he was underneath the kitchen table and he said he refused to open his eyes because he said the entire atmosphere changed and he said Jesus was sitting in front of him and said, I have come to give you your destiny. Spelled out his ministry for the future, what he was supposed to do, how he was supposed to do it. Why? He had to build himself up for the journey. He had to drink enough. See what I'm saying? So those are the type of experiences that are behind you doing these things. And the reason why it's hard is because there's always a price to be paid to hear from heaven. Because when you hear from heaven about an issue, you'll never have to hear again. When you hear from heaven about an issue, you can take it to the bank. When you hear from heaven about an issue, it does not matter what hell does. It's over because you heard from heaven. And now you got that word to carry you for the rest of your life. So it's always a price to pay for that. Most of us pay a greater price for our education to get a PhD or, or a bachelor's or an associate's degree to work in an area that you're not even working in now. You pay a stiff price financially with time and studying and reading textbooks. I know I'm over time, but I don't care. You, you, I mean, you're reading, you're reading books that you, you don't care nothing about this stuff. You studying material, you don't care nothing about this stuff. You're taking tests and writing papers. I couldn't stand writing papers. What's that thing when you copy cut off of somebody? Oh. If there's one thing I might have to answer to the Lord for, it'd be straight up plagiarism. Man, I'd be, and I was a master at plagiarism, man. I, man, I, I, I probably just let you know that that was just completely wrong and it's a sin. I understand that. I'm talking about the point. The stuff we did, <laughs> well, that don't count, but. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I mean, just think about I mean, how much time you spend in school from kindergarten to the college diploma, college degree, excuse me. All of that time, that's 16 years, and we're not even working in those different areas. You know, and then when it comes to God, we don't pay a price at all, and that's going to last for eternity. So I'm encouraging you, practice with it. You ain't got to start trying to kill yourself, trying to do 10, 12 hours a day like me, you know. And so I'm getting ready to go back over into that because the seasons you do it. You know, but start with just trying to double your time and see what changes. The first thing that will change is you'll be driving down the street and everything looks different. And that's a guarantee. So lift your hands. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you and we praise you. We bless you and honor you. We thank you, O oh Lord God, for making this a church of sons and daughters, kings and queens, warriors and conquerors, O oh Father God. We thank you, O oh Lord God. For something that the world is not used to seeing, a body of believers who all bring it, who are all pressing in together, 
thank you, O oh Lord God, that each one of us have different goals, some greater than others, but O oh Lord God, let us not fall into condemnation because we don't do what someone else is, else is doing. You said, O oh Lord God, not to compare ourselves with one another because that is not wise. So I thank you, O oh Father God, that for those who decide to go down this route, we ask that you first of all forgive us for not being consistent with our time with you. You are the most important thing that ever has, does, and ever will exist. You. And you alone. And for us to not spend time with you, O oh Father God, is a great travesty. Because we should spend time with you just because of the relationship's sake. We should also spend time with you because there is a reward. When we spend time with you, you grace us with power and wisdom and enlightenment. You remove burdens and destroy yokes. So we thank you, O oh Lord God, that as we go down this new road for many people and our old road for others, Thank you, Lord God, for the testimonies and the experiences that will be shared as a result of it that will all encourage one another to go as hard as we can. So we thank you, O Lord God, that all of the things that have been held back and held up in heaven will be released unto your people starting tonight. Thank you, O Lord God, for this three-day fast that we are embarking on. Thank you, Lord God, that great things will happen. This is just the beginning, O Father God, of many signs and wonders many dreams coming to pass. Thank you, O Lord God, that you will express power to express your love. Thank you, Lord, for the testimonies that will come forth, O God, as a result of the experiences that you will give your people, that you've wanted to give them, O Lord God, since Adam has been created. So we thank you, O Lord God, for this. We bless and honor you for it. Thank you, Lord God, that as we get ready to leave this place, that your power and your blood, your grace goes with us until we come together again. Thank you for those who have given that are supporting your work in these last days, O oh Father God. Increase us.